things about being in the yoga community is that you get to meet people from all walks of life because usually very open-minded people come and practice yoga. And also being in the community for a really long time, you also get to watch people evolve over time because yoga is a transformative practice and people usually come to yoga to transform some aspect of themselves and their life. So our special guest today is somebody who I've known for a really long time and is one of those people that, you know, we passed each other a lot in the early days, connected earlier on and just grew closer over time. But somebody who I've watched kind of start off as like a little flower bud, just, just her colors, just peeking through the leaves. And now she's blossomed. She's in full bloom. She's doing amazing things. Um, I'm not going to tell you very much about her except for her name because I'm going to let her do that by herself. So, uh, yeah, you you got to do your own work. Um, <laughs> for every ability today, we have my friend Jen on the show. She's here in Sydney. So I was like, we have to line this up. I'm very excited about this. Um, please tell us anything and everything about yourself. I hate doing my own intros because <laughs> you actually have to think about things to say about yourself and then you get like, oh you know, am I saying the right thing? Am I projecting myself the right way or whatever? But anyways, my name is Jen and I am back in Sydney and I'm super delighted to be here with you guys to actually do this because I think you guys are like awesome people. So I'm super like chuffed and excited. Um, But yeah, so basically I am a teacher originally from Sydney. Um, Yeah, now turned into like a human design coach, expert, whatever you want to call it. And I just, I'm here to have fun. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what am I here to do? Have fun. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Yeah. So when I met you originally, you were teaching mm. high school kids. Um, and now you're not doing that anymore. And it's been a huge journey from where you were to where you are now. Um, literally and metaphorically, you've traveled mm-hmm. internally and externally. Um So yeah, we want, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your life journey, basically since I've known you, um, and what were your major turning points? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I started off as a teacher and, um, I think traveling literally changed my life because, you know, when you come from, uh, so I'm originally from Southwest Sydney, like growing up in the community that I did, you kind of feel really sheltered and, you know, I ended up Um, becoming a teacher in a local school um, in my community as well and so I kind of felt like this is too small for me so I started traveling and like it really like opened my eyes up into like what the world could offer me and I just had this thirst to get out there and take everything in you know and so when you met me actually that was my second wind I'd come back from my first stint of being away um Yeah, so I was away for like two years before that and then I'd come back and that's when I joined the studio and I was in Sydney for a whole year and then I was like, this is not working for me. I need to go. There's a calling and that's when I left to go again. True. And where were you? Before you came before that, I I was just backpacking around Southeast Asia, and then um, I was working there as well. And then I went over to Europe, and I was like, you guys, I was like in Ibiza, living in a caravan for like three months. You know, it was just like really random, yeah. And then um, after Europe, I was in Central America doing like. 
permaculture and stuff like that. So Panama and Costa Rica and um, just like working with the land. And then that's when I made my way back to Sydney um, in 2017. And what brought you back to Sydney and what was that reintegration like? (laughs) (laughs) I think um, at the time my parents like, I didn't keep in contact with my parents a lot. So when my dad found out that I was in Panama, like on this little island that had no electricity and I was like exchanging my services as a teacher for like a shelter, kind of like, you know, to have a home. um, He was just like, you need to get back straight away. And at the time, like I'd been away from home for like, a year and a half or two years by that point. And I was like, okay, so I need to make my way home, maybe build up some savings and see what happens from there. And so that's when I came home and I started working again. Wow. It's, that's really interesting that the flip perspective, because for me, it's like, wow, that's really beautiful. You were teaching English in exchange for shelter and a place, you know, a place to stay resources, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people in, for lack of a better word, our community really look up to that skill swapping and living off the land and all that kind of stuff. But to our parents, it's like, what are you doing? It's great shame. Yeah. 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 Like I didn't give you this like, you know, university degree, you're well educated. What are you doing? Like just exchanging your services for like a cabin that doesn't even have electricity. They look at you as homeless. No, it's solar. Like that's the whole vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So have you, yeah. Like, have you always been, a free spirit how was it growing up for you in in, in Sydney because I think I've always been a free spirit and I always I always felt quite trapped within my surroundings so did you have that as well or was it when you first started traveling you're like oh holy crap like this is what mm. I connect with no I've always been like a bit of like a, I wouldn't say a black sheep but like a lone wolf in that space like I'd like my friendship groups I was always doing something different than everybody else you know and um it wasn't until I was in my early 20s when I finally worked up the courage because you know I've always wanted to travel and I was like oh wait but like it's it's really not normal for an Asian woman a single Asian woman in her early 20s to leave and just travel alone alone like I wasn't with anybody there was no connections I wasn't meeting anybody out there in the world Mm. I was just going by myself with my backpack Mm. and I think that was like really extreme for not just my parents but like you know my community to be like is that what you're really doing with Mm. your life so yeah and what took you yeah so how did you where did you go after you came back to Sydney um yeah tell us about that yeah so I was uh, back here 2017 for a year and then I left again 2018 at the beginning and I went back to Thailand and um, in Bangkok and I got a teaching job there and from there that was my base and I traveled all sorts of places from Asia so I was working and the money that I was earning I was like spending on travel during my holidays because you know Bangkok you know going to Nepal going to Sri Lanka going to anywhere it's super accessible you know and I was making good money and I could travel and I was like this is the life so I've been doing that for the last like what since I left Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I've come full circle yeah but goals Mm -hmm. I love it with a whole bunch of new wisdom though, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I <laughs> must've learned so much. I'm a change person. Like my brother said to me the other day, like, how did you go from this like aggressive, like, 
you know, not aggressive, but like just opinionated person to this like Zen queen. Like how did I even... Zen queen, I yeah. love that. He's like, he's always like, how are your chakras? You know, he taught me. <laughs> but I'm just like, look, like when you just have so many different experiences and you see so many different things and you realize, wait, like we're just like this blip in this universe and you're, you're better off just like staying grounded and like being in your body than anywhere else. So that's mm-hmm. the biggest piece of wisdom and practice that I've been cultivating is just like, wait, am I in my body and present in this moment with this environment and with the people that I'm with? That's all. Cause that changes everything. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. It changes your relationship to your world and the mm-hmm. way you experience it. That's a great piece of info that I learned um, from Eckhart Tolle is to always leave energy in your body no matter what you're doing. And I personally find that quite difficult because I get absorbed in what's around me um, and excited by it and sort of fueled by it in some ways. But yeah, it's a really great piece of wisdom to be sharing. It's hard for people like us to stay grounded in our body because of our openness. And so Mm. we're constantly by default, like we have no control of the energy that we're absorbing from our external world. So we just got to find where our anchor is. And then that's, you know, how he's like, you know, use your body as like a a base for you to come home to. And that's like meditation too, right? And so each one of us has a different place that we can come back to. And I was just wondering, how do you channel like being present in your body? Like where does that consciousness go when you're trying to be present in your body? It's a good question. Um, Honestly, it kind of starts at my feet. And I sort of do like a grounding slash light body activation thing, which I do in my head very often, but I've never spoken about it out loud, where I'll imagine a white light starting at my feet sort of. Uh, like crawling its way up and enveloping my entire body so that when I close my eyes, my body becomes white. And that, if I can close my eyes and feel that, that's how I know that I'm plugged in and connected Mm -hmm. to my intuition. So that's how it feels for me personally. Mm. Love to hear some more perspectives from everybody and you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm just asking because I like, not like I feel like there's a special place for you and I was wondering if you were already tapped into that <laughs> place and like grounding down. It's actually your root. Like, oh, it's the root, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the feet is like the I guess root, it is. Right? So it yeah, makes sense yeah. it starts there. Yeah, and it's like bringing that consciousness to that root part of your body and be like, this is how I anchor. Nice. Yeah. For me, it's like here mm. in my G-Center. For Danica, do you... G-Center is like the sort of this above part. the belly button? Yeah, yeah. So at this space, is this called the sternum? Danica, anatomy queen? No. Below the sternum, like that. Like a diaphragm. Yeah. Diaphragm. Okay, the top of your diaphragm. That's yeah. where the G center is. Oh. And for Danica is in her sacral. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so all this stuff that Jen is talking about um, comes from a wealth of knowledge that she has accumulated over the years. She is a wizard of human design. So at what point in your journey did you find out about human design and how did this become such a big part of your life? Yeah. So I was actually on this Island that I was telling you guys about like before. So I went to like a workshop on this Island and this dude, it was like a connection, conscious connection workshop. And some dude came up to me and said he could read my aura 
and like me being me i'm just like tell me more what does it look like <laughs> what color is it everything what color was it out of curiosity oh no he said my aura was really sensitive Ooh. and that's what got me hooked oh okay because cool. i was like wow i feel seen <laughs> <laughs> as a projector i was like yeah great. um so yeah and he introduced he's like well this is what your aura looks like you're you know energy type and he was introducing me to that and then he introduced me to human design and from there I was down a rabbit hole Mm. and I spent two or three years like doing courses on just projectors like learning about my energy how to cultivate experimenting and playing with how this can really like work for me and at first I was skeptical I was like this is another like woo-woo stuff someone's trying to put on me but it just in a month literally in a month so many invitations came from me just sitting back Mm. and learning how to play with my energy. And so that's how I came into the human design space. And I was just like curious and just wanting to learn more. And it's only recently last year that I decided to openly share that with people. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Before we go deeper into what human design is, um, I would, yeah, I'd really like to share with everyone because not a lot of people, um, I think now a lot more people know about it or have at least heard of it, but I think there are many people who don't know what it is, many people who don't relate to quote unquote that kind of stuff. You know, it's a bit like people lump it into the astrology category or the chakras category. I guess it involves all of the above, but it's a bit like, oh yeah, I don't know about that stuff. I don't know if I believe in that stuff. And I think, um, I think my advice is just like you said, stay curious, just be curious. I think whoever you are, whatever you relate to, there's no harm in looking into this stuff, doing just a little bit of digging. Um, and first and foremost, seeing if what you read resonates. And second of all, you know, try it on for a day, a week, whatever, um, and see how things shift for you. And I'll start off with that. We can go a little bit more into that later. Um, but yeah, Jen, what the hell is human design? Yeah. So I, get asked that question a lot and I my initial reaction is always say, wanting to say it's complex but I don't want to put people off <laughs> so I always tell them human design is a self-awareness tool right because it really is it's bringing you more awareness to yourself um, and it is a tool it is not a religion it's not a belief system it's a tool for you to use so you can access that yeah and so basically human design is a compilation of various esoteric systems out there okay and um, it kind of uses your birth data so your place of birth your time of birth and your date of birth and it captures the universal energy all right the planetary alignments on the day that you came into this world and it gives you this blueprint your energetic blueprint because that photograph of the universe is your energetic blueprint and I know just in saying this alone it can like separate a lot of people and people like what the hell that's like out of this world right um so uh the esoteric systems that human design kind of layers on top of one another I call it like a cake and you just layer it layer (laughs) it layer it right the first one is astrology because it's based on planetary alignments right the second one is a 64 I Ching um, the other one is the Hindu chakra system, the Kabbalistic tree of life and quantum physics. So mm. it's an amalgamation of all these tr- like ancient wisdom that we've acquired over time and it puts it together. Mm. And the 
beauty of it, the thing that stands out to me about it is that back then, yeah, we were segregated, we were tribal, we had our own belief systems, we had our own ways of mapping the stars and understanding the world and ourselves, right? But now we have this homogenized system that I feel more accurately reflects where we are as a society, as humanity, homogenized, mm-hmm. right? We're more integrated and connected than that. So why isn't there a system that reflects that so that we can relate to that in a way that's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It is this and it's that and it's a combination of science and spirituality. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing description. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. Because <laughs> um, there's truth to all of these ancient systems, right? It guided it guided cultures and civilizations for thousands upon thousands of years. And if you compare it to where we are right now, we've been a relatively lost civilization for the last couple hundred years, right? We've really lost our connection to what is real and what isn't. And in this sort of glorification and hierarchical view of the scientific method, um, we've lost a part of our, one of our essential components that just brings us all back together. And I, I think this is what is so brilliant about human design. It merges the esoteric with the scientific. And for me, it's not like a black and white separation between these two worlds. It's a continuum. You move from the external, from the tangible through the layers of the cell, through the muscles and the bones and the fascia and the tissue, through to the nerves, through to the electricity that runs through our veins and down to the atomic and quantum level. It's all the same stuff right so this is a system that reads all of the above it's as physical as it is energetic it's as tangible as it is intangible and someone like jen can put it together really brilliantly because it's it's, that's the complexity like human beings and 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 beings full stop things that are in this physical world is so complex and it's a science speaking of science i just want to interject really quickly um these ancient systems, right, they acquired this through their scientific method. And it might not be the same as how we understand the scientific method to be, but that's how they came. It's like their way of map, map making for their time. And it's all relative. That was science to them at that, that was, time, yeah. right? And now it's like, you know, esoteric and compared to our scientific method, it's like spiritual or whatever but like it's actually how science came about it's just transformed and so sometimes when I tell people you know human design is a part spiritual part scientific system they're like wait where's the science in this and I'm like no there's no like this is the experiment here. yeah this is the science yeah. yeah yeah I've always found it really weird that humans think that they humans now think that they are completely smarter than all the civilizations and races of beings that existed before us. And that's why I like the work of Graham Hancock because he's, mm. his, whole, his whole thing challenges that. He's basically saying, hey, there must have been an ancient civilization that was advanced yeah. even to our standards today. Yeah. And um, I've, I've always found it weird how quickly people dismiss even something as simple as astrology because how can you think that these gigantic balls of whatever they are in the sky are very made of various different materials have nothing to do with you how do you how can you look at that and go that is separate to me and that has nothing to do with me that doesn't influence me well that influences your whole planet and it's being read for thousands of years and then for people to just be born and then you be be sort of socialized and then see themselves as separate from the cosmos it's never made sense to me mm-hmm. um it's it's never made sense to me to look at that as other to look at it as um 
something that I'm better than and that I've, gr- I've grown beyond as a human, which is what I think science does, is, is at least modern, very strict scientists. And I wouldn't even call a lot of them scientists if they're closed-minded um, because I don't think that's what science is. But I think a lot of the time having an open mind to use these things, like you said, Jen, as an experiment and just try it on. I think it brings forth a really beautiful perspective for people to learn about themselves through, you know, call it a tool or call it a science or whatever it is. It's there to teach you something Mm -hmm. and it's not separate from your ancestors and it's not separate from your current scientific method. Um, It's just something to work with. And I think that's what's so beautiful. Um, I always love learning more about ancient civilizations and how they influenced us today and continue to. Uh, And sometimes I find... not sometimes, a lot of the time I find that information as valuable as actual science. Mm. So yeah, it's one of the way in. I think it's an important rant because yeah, science, people forget that science is not just computer generated statistical analysis. It's practice. Science is practice, right? Like that's how we know whether something is real or not, whether something works or not. And yeah, it's always fascinating to me that people can think that the planets and solar systems and galaxies can you know, emit all of these crazy electromagnetic frequencies and they have their own gravity and they can influence the plants and the animals and the corals, but not the humans. Yeah, mm, not yeah, the humans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's always interesting for me to also reflect on the fact that, yeah, these ancient civilizations that used these systems sustained life for themselves, their cultures, but also the world around them for hundreds of thousands of years. And in the last kind of 200 years, we have obliterated so much life on earth, you know, flora and fauna, wiping it out. And we're also killing each other off like crazy, killing ourselves, killing each other. So it's like we're missing something. And I think this is really part of stuff that brings part of the work and the teachings that brings us back together, back to wholeness. Mm, And I love that it gives us agency because it's not like someone is telling you how to do it. You're experiencing the experiment yourself. Like there's no way of quantifying some of this knowledge unless you actually try it for yourself. And I can't validate your experience because obviously I'm a different makeup, right? So whatever, however it lands for you, for your uniqueness and your energy is what it's meant to be. And I love that because it just sings the fact that we're all different. And actually, speaking of science and different, human design is known to be the science of differentiation. Right. Yeah. Never heard that one. That's cool. Really? You never heard that's that one. The, that's the biggest one they talk about. Human mm. design. What is it? It's a science of differentiation. Mm. But I find that when you give that definition, you're making it scientific already, right? Like when people receive that, they could misconstrue that or like whatever. Um, but it is that because if you look at the map and like how they put it together, no one's got the same blueprint as you. You like you and I might be the same type, but how we express that, um, what sign it's in with all the gifts that we have, it's going to be expressed differently. Mm. And so it's, it mirrors the complexity of individuals today. Yeah. I mean, I'm just on the surface and the more I dig, the more I'm like, wow, this could take a lifetime to learn about. It's so, there's so much depth to it. And I guess now that I think about it, the science of differentiation is a really good sort of title for it because it is, well, first of all, science, it makes you the subject. And if you're willing, you can become the experimenter and the observer at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then differentiation, well, there's so many different combinations of difference 
in, you know, even just one of the categories. So yeah, it really makes sense. It's a really unique way to understand people and yourself. Um, I've been playing with it only for about a year and I had a reading with Jen uh, earlier this year and uh, it really opened me up to the potential, but also kind of scared me because I was like, wow, there's so much to know and I want to know more and I might need to get more readings. And yeah, it's really beautiful. It's a really beautiful practice and uh, I resonated with it pretty quickly because I do resonate with a lot of the uh, layers of the cake that you described before individually, but then to see... Would all, sorry, yeah, didn't mean ahead. to interrupt, no, but we're, we're all part of the layers of the cake chakra. Like we can relate to it in a sense that maybe in our own personal lives um, and our cultures, we see elements of it. And that's why we're like, wait, this makes sense. Like I can tap into one of one of the, the parts of it. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we've been playing, Jesse and I are at least speaking for myself. I've been playing with maybe the at the deepest level, the top five to 10% of my human design. And that's already had such a transformative shift in my life. So imagine the more I understand and integrate this information, what this is going to do for me. Mm-hmm. So you, Jen, you to me are somebody who's really admirable for many reasons, but in this, one of the biggest things that I see people asking you on social media and what I see you modeling is that you're somebody who's really good at taking leaps of faith just making huge radical shifts in their life, changing up their environment, changing up their trajectory. And I think you've always kind of had this as a part of your being, but you made a pretty radical shift from being a school teacher to moving into human design coaching. And how has human design guided this most recent shift in your life? And what has this changed about the way that you navigate the, your life and the transformations that you make through life? So I've been in teaching like since I was 21. So that's like 10, a bit more than 10 years, right? And um, when I came across human design, I was like, whoa, I can use this as a vehicle to step into my power, right? And that's part of the transition out of, you know, the teacher self or like that part of that journey of my life. And I strictly did it from my design I only do things from design now like literally I wouldn't have come up to you guys and been like hey guys I want to be in your podcast and like I wait for the invitation because that's my strategy I do that with outings I do that with jobs like everything right and it's just the more you lean in the the more alignment I felt the more at ease I felt with who I was and how I showed up and yeah like speaking of being the test subject like I the proof was in the pudding for me. And so that's how I transition all aspects of my life now in terms of change. Um, I'm like, wait, is this aligned with my strategy? Is this aligned with my authority? And am I, is this, serve, is this going to allow me to sing my gifts? If not, then I need to like think about this again, reevaluate. Speak to us a little bit about the main elements of human design. So the type, the strategy, the authority, what is all of this stuff? Yeah, so I'm just going to go in order and I'm going to go the top three because they're the ones that if you master that, then you can actually um, dip into the more, the deeper layers of the cake, right? So the type speaks about your energy type, okay? It's not like, you know, you're an Aquarius, you're this and you're that. No, it's what your aura is, what your energetic vibration is there are five types in the human design system five types of auras basically yeah and how we express that aura is going to be different so the five types are manifestors 
projectors, generators, manifesting generators, which are part of the generators, and then the reflectors. And each one of these, their aura operates differently. So that's the energy type. Then you've got your strategy. Each energy type has a strategic way of recognizing what's right for them and what's not right for them. And that gets them into their alignment, right? If it's not coming from that way, then it's not within your alignment. And so that's the strategy. And then the authority is your inner truth. That's how you access your inner truth. And that is your intuitive wisdom, where your intuition basically is. And those are the top three. You know, you have the big three in astrology. We also have a big three in human design, type, strategy, and authority. And any time, any interaction you guys might have or like um, decision-making, knowing your type, am I leaning into my strategy? Is it there? And is my authority there? And you just apply that. It's like a blueprint. You just apply Mm -hmm. to everything. And I'm 100%, well, okay, not 100, 99.8% sure that that will lead you into your alignment. Yeah. I love that. So when you say alignment, can you clarify? Um, that's a word I love and use often, but I feel like there might be a few listeners who don't really know what they mean, what you mean by alignment. Can you clarify that? For sure. I get that a lot too. Alignment is what feels most at ease for your energy. And when I mean at ease, it's like it feels good. It feels there's no tension. There is flow. Mm. That's what alignment is. Yeah. Cool. I think we've had like a slightly different definition. So I'll mm. add to your definition. Mm. Um, I would say alignment, I mean, at least for me and the way I've been using it is the thing that will bring you um, what you want, whether it's happiness, peace, joy, connection. Um, it's the thing that's connected to your intuition from mm. my understanding. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess because I have a sister and she She'll hear the word alignment and she'll relate it to chakras and then she'll make some yogi joke um, and then she'll laugh it off and I'll laugh with her because whatever, you know, we can laugh about everything. Um, but alignment is, is, is so simple. It really is. It's just like what's right for you. Oh, there you go. Mm, mm, yeah, what feels right <laughs> yeah. for you. And, I, and I'm not yeah. like thinking what feels right in your head, what physically your body, this vessel, what feels right. Does it mm. feel expansive? alignment does it feel contractive there's tension there there's misalignment there and you know with human design it's getting you to tap into your body Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm always like does your body feel expansive when you say you want to not study again or does it feel contractive Mm -hmm. and if there's contraction you know that that alignment is going to be hard to push through yes and what about people who Again, great example for the studying thing, right? Because a lot of people are like, hey, should I study more? Should I not study more? What part of um, alignment do you think relates to internal resistance versus what is actually in alignment? How could one differentiate there? Yeah, so that's a tricky one, right? Because if you're not understanding your internal landscape, then you're you, not that you would struggle to navigate it, but it's gonna there's going to be conflict there, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. And so that's why the system has this tool called your authority, your intuitive wisdom, your inner truth. So your mind is usually, and your ego is usually the one that's kind of like getting you questioning yourself or like resisting things, yeah? But actually when you tap into your authority, your inner truth, then you can hear yourself better. That's where it is. But you're trying to deny yourself and create these resistance and sabotage from the, from the head. Oh, wow. That's amazing. 
I think a lot of the time when people think of something like instinct or intuition, they believe it's something that doesn't really exist, or they believe it's something that some people have and other people don't, or maybe it's some sort of um, magical gift that's inherited through uh, wiggy families or something weird like that. <laughs> wiggy family. But, but this is another <laughs> this is another way where I see human beings separating themselves from the animal world, where you even even plants like. Plants and animals can pick up in subtle changes in the environment. They can sense it, you know, events before they occur. And and intuition and instinct is really about, yeah, like the, the subtle body, the subtle electromagnetic frequencies and vibrations and, and signals being sent to us through means that we can and can't measure yet, depending on what you're using and what you have available to you. And so I love, I love that there's this synchronization in human design between the mind and the body where this is information. This is empowering information, juicy for the mind, but helping us to drop back down into the body, into the feeling body where, you know, all of those happiness chemicals live in our gut and there's the electromagnetic frequency of the heart and the synchrony between the heart and the mind. And how do we interface with these systems in the body that we forget exist, that we don't even know about. So it's giving us a language to come back into being, being these universes that we literally are walking, talking universes, not just a brain in a flesh and meat sack. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's like in, like feeling into embodying that right and it's not just and the thing is it's not like just find your body and then you'll you'll be able to it's there's a specific place for each and every one of us and it's really direct in my opinion and it's just like just bring your awareness to that and listen to that or like use this strategy here and you will hear yourself you know it's listening and tuning into this vessel that we have and so often like we don't know what to do we think it's a vehicle for us you know the body but it's actually speaking to us all the time and you know it's just giving us language to listen to it now yeah can you give us any specific examples of early on when you first tried on your top three and how things shifted for you kind of Mm. instantaneously or very soon after like Mm. give us a real world example of what that looks like I would like to give a work example and I, I maybe give a dating example too because people I always use dating examples in my um, sessions because people can relate to that the most for some reason but like so for example work I used to be a go-getter I used to be the type of person that would initiate like if I thought there was a project worth initiating I would bring that idea to my um, head teacher or something and then I would be like let's here is, I'll pitch it basically, right? And that's a really direct initiating energy. I'm starting the project, right? And when I found out about human design, my design specifically, it's not an initiator energy. I'm actually designed to be seen and recognized for my natural talents. And the person will come and reach out to me or invite me into that circle, that project, that event, whatever. And um, so that's where I first applied human design at work. I was like, okay, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to stop initiating because I think people are feeling jarred by my energy and it's too much for them. So I'm just going to step back and just chill and see what happens. 
within the first month, my um, head teacher came to me and he was like, oh, Jen, I think it'd be great if you ran meditation sessions for the teachers because I was already running like mindfulness sessions for the kids. And he's like, you should do it for the teachers. That was him recognizing that I had the capacity to do it and inviting me into that project. However, if I had gone and pitched to him this project, he would have been like, what gives you the right? Who do you think you like kind of like, wait, hang on. I don't know if this is the the energy exchange and the flow of it would be so different. And I was Mm. like, okay. And then I started applying it to my dating life. I used to, like, if I was interested in a dude, I would start the conversation. I would go up to him in the bar. I would maybe leave my, whatever. I was always initiating that kind of interaction. And then I just stopped. I was like, look, I'm just going to see how this goes. Like, I need to, like, come back into my body and myself. And I was going through, like, a huge re-evaluation process about, like, how I was showing up in my world in dating. And then the moment I started doing that, these people became more interested and people were reaching out for invitation asking me out becoming curious about me right and um that's because my vibration my energy was like magnetic because I was leaning back and it gave people room to see and recognize me Mm. so that's how I was applying my strategy as a projector yeah one of the things for me that's been really powerful about human design is when you start digging into it and feeling into, yeah, that sounds exactly like me. Holy crap. This resonates with me. Yes. This is exactly how I've, how I am and how I've been. You start to see exactly what the societal norms and conditioning are and how they've ingrained themselves into our psyche and whether bits and pieces of the way that you work align with mass conditioning or don't and there are some people who work really really well with that go and get chase 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 you know initiator energy and there are people like who who don't who are supposed to work very differently to that and then there's just there's nuances to all of that kind of stuff and so it's really an opportunity to go in I'm like picturing like surgery, you know, little tweezers and stuff like that and pick out the bits and pieces of conditioning that are not working for us and where we're kind of like rattling against our cages or just bashing up against a brick wall where things are not flowing and just to like let the energy flow, to just channel it in a different direction or to start to work with certain aspects more or less. Um, Yeah, that's been really, really interesting to me. And it'll be fascinating for people to find out where they sit with, you know, different human design types. Like some of them, there is only 1% of the world's population who fall into a certain category, whereas another type is the majority. And so that's, that's been really interesting to reflect on as well. Yeah. And I love that you're like, oh, you, when you found out, you're like, oh yes, like that is right. Like it's like a huge affirmation Mm -hmm. to all of us, letting us know that like you are on the, like what comes naturally to you is right for you, but we've been conditioned a certain way. And that's, that's why we probably weren't feeling aligned because we were acting out against our natural energy. But when you move more into what's naturally you, all of a sudden, the like things are coming towards you. And that's because the universe is, you're clearing the way so the universe can send all of this stuff to you because you that's your birthright yes. to receive all of this greatness from the universe. Yeah. 
Yeah, like a really big one for me was I remember earlier on Jesse and I would have conversations about like Jesse would be like, so what do you when I feel a little bit lost on my path? So what are you passionate about? You know, like what's your what's your thing? Like what gives you the most purpose? And I'm like, well, you know, I love yoga and I love drawing and I love doing this and that. And I'd name like seven to nine different things. And he'd be like, but you need to people, not even Jesse, but certain people would be like, you need to, you know, you need to pick one and just go for it. You need to really funnel it down. Like which one's giving you the most nourishment? And I'm like, well, it's all of it. It's all of it. And that's something that's been hugely affirmation, affirmational for me personally. It's like, ah, I really am fulfilled by all of it. I can't funnel myself into one system. I can't commit to one life path and reject the rest. I have to do all of the above. So it's little things like this that start to fall into place and help you find yourself. Like I think it, if people are feeling lost in life, if people are confused, if people are feeling purposeless or they're on the the edge of feeling like they need to make a big change, but they don't know what that is or how to get there. Like this is the kind of thing that human design can be so illuminating for. Mm. I love that. Like that you're like, you notice that, you know, you're a jack of all trades and they all change at different times as well. Yes. You know, at, at different frequencies. And then I reflect on Jess and I, and we've just been in the same industry since we graduated, I would assume. And that's so like, pretty much, yeah, yeah to the core <laughs> yeah. of our designs. And we were already living it without even knowing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that um, the projector design, which is what I fall under as well, is sort of the uh, refine yourself and your craft and the specialist kind of design. We become obsessed with something Mm -hmm. and then just dive in so deep that it just, it makes sense to us. We dive in so deep that it consumes us. And then before human design, I used to ask questions like that to Danica, like, what are you passionate about? And then I would even try and direct her towards like, okay, well, maybe you should pick one or two and focus on them, which I know now is the wrong way to guide her. Mm -hmm. But I only know that through human design, through my own digging. It's funny because uh, since delving into it and having my first reading, I would see more human design pages on my Instagram feed show up. And now about 60% of my Instagram feed is just human design. And I get unique affirmations and insights as to myself every day. And it's been really helpful. And it's honestly also helped me uh, help Danica. It's also helped me help my sisters. It's helped me help anyone who I know deeply and who asks for help in any way. I can direct them better in a way that helps them more. Yeah, it's been so beneficial in in our relationship, especially because I know the most about Jesse's human design apart from anyone else Mm. that I relate to. And it's just been so helpful when I have – in the past, I've had those moments of, why don't you just – why aren't you blah, blah, blah. And I've had those with you as well, haven't yeah. I? <laughs> and now it's just so clear. Why don't you just? So when I walk into Jesse's studio and I see him passed out on the floor, <laughs> for, you know, for an hour and a half and, and he's got like 14 things to do. I'm like, this is perfect. I'm just going to tiptoe away. Yeah. You know, whereas before I'd be like, what are you doing? Didn't you tell me you had 17 things to do? Like, get up. You're not, you, you slept 14 hours last night. And now you're 14 hours. Hours. <laughs> like little things like that. I know like what that, you mean there. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I love the focus and absorbing aura that we have. That's why we're like tunnel vision into that one thing. And it's all of our energy. And mm-hmm. it's the beauty of having, being a projector and having that aura and equally Danica, because you're always open and enveloping you're gonna be enveloping all sorts of different things in your space right so naturally you're gonna attract various different things of different um magnitudes and 
whatever and it's just learning to work with that and I love how you guys are already applying it with other people because it helps us understand their energy and how that interacts with our energy it makes us more like aware of when we're trying to apply our blueprint onto the other person and you're like wait I can't do that no wonder they're resistant no wonder we're fighting I'm trying to make them me yes they are not me so funny because before I got into human design, I was in the middle of this book uh, called The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Uh, it's basically a book about productivity and um, being a, an, a, an amazing go-getter. And uh, I was halfway through the book and I've delved into human design, learned about Danica's design, learned about my own. And then I actually stopped reading it. I got two, two-thirds of the way in and I stopped because I said to myself, this guy is the most fucking classic example of a generator or a man gen <laughs> that I've ever seen. This is relevant, but not to me. And there were things I still took from it, which were very useful. Um, but I didn't finish the book for that reason. And uh, I, I'm not like, it's not like me to do that. Normally I'll finish it anyway, just for the sake of, hey, maybe there's another nugget here towards mm-hmm. the end. But this time, I, it was so obvious to me um, that this wasn't for me. And I started to feel that I was forcing myself to read it, fighting against my own instincts just to like get it down. Like you have to eat a bowl of broccoli without any olive oil or salt. And you're like, oh God, I just got to do this. It's good for me. I just, I pushed the broccoli away and I swapped books to something else that lit me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was actually a book called uh, Tiny Habits. Yeah, Tiny Habits. Yeah, that's the one by uh, uh, BJ Fogg. And he is a classic projector. He is like the most nitpicky behavioral scientist uh, working out of Stanford and he creates change in humans. And I could see so clearly, holy crap, like the designs are everywhere. It started manifesting in the books I read. It started manifesting (laughs) in the way I perceive people. And and it's also changed the way I receive advice online because I love to look at, you know, watch lectures, TED Talks, various books. I'm always in the middle of like five different books. And it's made me more specific about what I connect with. And then in doing so, what I connect with becomes more impactful for me. So that's another way that I found human design actually made my life better. Um, was through how I ingest and what I ingest and then how it changes me for the positive. Mm. And I love that you're like, I'm going to stop reading this book because it's just not serving. But you, in the past, forcing yourself to read a book to finish it is such a generator energy like oh, just yeah. pushing through without that sacral energy and then you just like become bitter about the book and so yeah and like through the open centers that you have it's so important that we're picky with what we're absorbing because we naturally take it all in and process it through our nervous system oh my god and so yes. if you're reading something that's yes. like not toxic, but not a, a, like just, not aligning. yeah, you're going to be absorbing that. I'm like, what a waste of this very little energy that we already have. Amazing. Right? You've literally hit the nail on the head for me <laughs> because I've always said, and this is before I got into human design, your brain is your hard drive. What are you filling it with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I stopped reading that book because it wasn't useful for me. But on the contrary, since stopping to read that book, I've been more productive in my life than I ever have and it was funny because the book was teaching productivity and while I got a couple of things from it I got more from learning about my design Mm -hmm. and I don't know if this is in my design but I found that I work in bursts 
in the sense that I can go yeah. hard, like eight to 12 hours for like three days. And then I'm flattened for the next two or three mm. and I can, I'll do nothing, mm. but I'll get more done in those three days than most people will get done in two weeks. Yeah. Definitely part of your design. Cause we're energy, not energy deficient, but we have to be energy efficient because mm. we don't have those definitions in our chart. Right. And so we have to find ways to maximize our productivity. And, um, it might be that like you, dedicating a focus and absorbed amount of time into doing a task and then you're resting you have to balance it out with equal amounts of rest right yeah. um the difference with you however is that you have a root center definition and the root center works in pulses when the urge is there capitalize yeah. and then when it's not you need to back off and let it rest but when the urge comes like boom it's on so do you have a root center defined as well oh you don't no, that's okay. why i i change because teaching was wrecking right. my nervous system because oh. it was scheduled. I was around so many students absorbing their stuff and then like processing that. And it burnt me out emotionally oh, and physically geez. as well, right? And so now I only work literally in the morning time, like three hours in the morning and the rest of the afternoon is like play. Mm-hmm. I do what I, I, I do things like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like really open and flexible. I go on walks in nature so I can absorb mm. nature from my open centers and then come back and like do whatever I need to do. And it's made me feel so much more at ease, so much more involved in myself and engaged in myself as a result. I don't think I can go back to... Um, working being in a room with 30 other beings because I realized at that time I was absorbing that but not having not known human design I was like whoa that was wrecking my nervous system I didn't feel in my body I didn't feel like aligned so to speak and um I didn't know I was doing that to myself so now I'm just like one-on-one interactions small group interactions that's all I can handle and I'm gonna set my boundaries about that Mm. and if like for the people listening obviously there's gonna be the types of people who thrive in that sort of classroom environment but there are gonna be people listening who are like work three hours in the morning then play the rest of the day what no what that's not that's not a viable lifestyle but it's like this is the power of aligning with your design this is the gift of aligning with your design. Like Jen's not doing this because she cognitively wants to. It's because this is who she is. This mm-hmm. is what aligns with every part of her being. This is what works for her. This is how she thrives and does her best work. Mm, That's yeah. the power of like, why wouldn't you just try it on? Why wouldn't you just look into it? Yeah. A classic example of a projector, I think, is Tim Ferriss mm. and his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which yes. is literally kind of like that, isn't it? It's literally it, that. He's yeah. like, he speaks to all projectors in a way that he, he doesn't even know that he's doing. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's funny how when you get into certain people, like you know, Joe Rogan or whoever you listen to, whoever anyone listens to, you can start to see their design in them and you can see it on them. How has that sort of uh, impacted your life and the, your close loved ones and all that? Just being able to see people's design on them and then being able to read it in conjunction. Yeah. And so I, I mean, I don't give unsolicited advice like I used to prior to human design. I was doing that a lot because I just thought I could see people so clearly and I was like, why, well, I want to help them, you know? Um, but now when I see, I'm like, I recognize it and I'll be like, okay, so how can I use my openness to allow them to feel, feel and be seen. Right. And through that process, they trust me. Right. And that we have this rapport and that, and then 
they'll share with me and that's when I'm like invited into sharing hey but your design like your you have an emotional authority just please sit in your emotions allow it to filter out of your bodies like that's just an example right mm. but so knowing that about my loved ones and people around me it allows me to support them in a way that's more fit to what's safe for them Um, but I'm never like oh my god but you're like this so you got to do this like I just wait for them to invite me into that and then I'm like sharing yeah nice and then you're making sure that your energy is always synergizing right that's so powerful Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and that's um, there's flow in that kind of interaction. Okay. Yeah. When we speak of alignment, I was like, it's about flow of energy and you're not blocking the flow of energy and you're not blocking theirs either. You're creating harmony mm. with it. And it's a dance, mm. you know, and it's, it's a whole lot of like me learning to back away, which is really hard for my personality in general and how I've been conditioned. Oh, so it's yeah. just like taking a step back and trusting that my aura, my focusness is going to attract the people in my life who are going to want to open up with me. Yeah. That's awesome. I also went through the, uh, the plague of giving unsolicited advice. Uh, that is what this whole podcast is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, we're, we're yeah. in the space for us to do that. Right. <laughs> right. Needed an outlet, yeah. but, uh, it's also, um, it's also changed the way I do that as well. Actually, since our reading, I've been yeah, very conscious of me. it, very conscious of it. I'll, I'll feel the urge to be like, Hey, you shouldn't do this at, at X person, maybe one of my parents. And uh, I will shut myself up and I'll be like, just give unconditional love. If they ask about whether or not they should do it, give your opinion then. If they don't, can you accept them in that decision of being whatever it is, ignorant or ill-informed or maybe it's even just a decision they're making out of an emotional reaction? Can I accept that? That's hard. You know, probably you've been conditioned in, in the same way, but you have, you want to help people so fucking bad, so bad. Every fiber of your being is saying, hey, I can help you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Then you have to just <sighs> wait for the invitation. If they want to change, they'll come to you. That's, that's, that's sort of very linked in with my biggest turning point was when I asked the question, I was ripe for the change. When I, when I was, when I asked the right question, I was ready to make the change. But if I, if they don't ask the question, they're not right for the change themselves. So why would you impose your will on them? All it's going to do is create, block the flow of energy, like you said, and it's going to create this divide between you two where you prioritize being right Mm -hmm. over being connected and loved. And, you know, no one would choose being right over peace, harmony, and love if they had the choice. Um, but that's taken me years, mm. years of work before human design, years of work after human design. I'm sure it's still going to take. And uh, it's something that I have to con- consciously be aware of regularly. Yeah, it's really intense for people to receive projector energy because it's really focused. And the focus is not to the head. It's not to your root. It's actually to your G center. That's mm. uh, that's our aura. It goes from us out to the others and right into the G center. The G center is about the sense of self. It's self love. It's a self, everything to do with the self basically. And people feel really like confronted by that. And I think I said this in our session, like people find us really intense and that's why our strategy has to be Mm. to wait for their invitation. Otherwise we're going to meet a war of resistance. Yes. And 
that's and I'm curious to know actually so since um the reading and you applying this have your relationships with your loved ones kind of feel more like um in tune or like there's less resistance and it's just more like um from a place of love and there's no like it they're not fearing you know you kind of digging into them yeah I have my days with that you know because it's still work in progress but absolutely yes it has gotten a lot better um like you mentioned before, the projector energy is quite intense. And I've always felt this even as a child where I can see through to the core of someone and they sometimes don't like that. And so I'll, I've intuitively learned when to pull away and when to say things. And then having the awareness of human design has actually helped me know when someone is inviting me so that I can say it and have it be received versus, like you said, meeting a wall of resistance. Um, it's also been one of those things that... Um, I'll give you a personal story. Before um, my band released their first album, our first EP, which was about 2015, 2016, we had a vocalist and he was very self-conscious. He didn't want to sing in front of people. Um, and when he would perform for us, he would sing, but every time he caught me looking at him, he would screw up. So I would watch him, but stare at the floor, but watch him in my peripherals. And I think... He felt very exposed and, and vulnerable and and um, unsafe by me looking at him. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, co-composer and a band member. Like, I should be able to watch him. If I can't watch him, this is my train of thought back then. If I couldn't watch him, how could he perform on a stage with hundreds of people? And it never ended up getting that far because we, we had to let him go before we released the album because it wasn't working out. Because of, for, for that reason, um, he was great and everything, but he just didn't have the confidence to perform. And so that's when I realized, holy shit, like you seem to be triggering him in some way. You seem to be triggering him and, okay, I'll just look at the floor and he'll be comfortable and he'll sing. And then my other band members can hear the performance and then they can also judge whether he's performing, you know, well. And yeah, it was just, it's just a little person, one of the many things in my life that I found human design confirmed oh that's why this happened in that situation and that's why this happened that way well it's all in the design and um yeah so it's it's a peculiar thing so to find out your human design or people whoever you need to put in your birth place and time um down to the minutes and seconds so exactly you need to know your birth time so then you put that in and you get given a whole bunch of information that makes no sense and you get given this chart and it just makes no sense and there's got all these symbols and arrows and they make no sense um <laughs> it's a lot of information and each one of those little symbols and signs and words has its own plethora of information that relates to it it's a lot to see at first to synthesize to integrate so jen what is your what is your advice to somebody who is looking to improve their life through human design um because like I've mentioned for me, like I, I've gotten, I think I've gotten information overwhelmed so many times when I look at my human design. Um, so yeah, for somebody in that position, it's like, oh my gosh, this all resonates. It's so real. And then you go about living your life and then you don't really integrate any of it. So yeah. What's your advice for all of the above? Yeah. So I always like in my first sessions, like I understand that clients get overwhelmed. Like I'm 
in full acceptance of that, but I'm of the belief that if you don't know the foundational knowledge of where it comes from, what the chart looks like and what the elements are, then obviously you're going to understand on how to accurately interpret or apply some of these things that you so deeply resonate with, right? And so that's why the introductory reading is like, okay, here's the base of what human design is, like short in like an hour or 90 minutes or whatever. Here is your energetic blueprint and then go away and experiment. But people, a lot of people actually, they come and they want to know the answers. You know, they want to know how they can apply this straight away. And I'm like, whoa, but you don't even know what you're applying. You have to resonate with the whole system before you even like get into applying, like using it, like what it has to give you. And so, yeah, it's taking chunks of it. That's why the first type strategy and authority go away and a whole month play with that and then come back and then we're going to tap into your profiles and then we're going to tap into your openness and your centers and stuff. And then we're going to tap into like, it goes deeper and I take you deeper, deeper into the cake and guide you through how like you can apply it in all areas of your life, right? But people stop after the first go because they're like, wow, it's too much. But I'm like, no, just take the three, the first three things and crank that up. And that is a great foundation already already because even myself, as deep as I am in it, I know that I'm always going to fall back to, wait, my type, my strategy and my authority. That is, I use that every day, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Keep it simple. Keep revisiting that simple information and put it into practice. But it's 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 simple but profound practice because all it is is reflection. All it is is looking at your life and the decisions you make and the interactions you have and going, ah, oh, how did I slot into my top mm-hmm. three? Mm-hmm. How did that shine through? Where did I go against it? Where was I not working with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to bring that practice back into my life. Just three. Yeah. yeah. And then like, then you go deeper and then you go deeper and then you're, you're, and then all of a sudden six months later, you're like, wow, I know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like I know what works for my energy and now I can begin to apply it to my work, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's just like slowly, slowly. And you're just going to feel like, wow, I trust myself so much now. Yeah, That's the other thing you guys, like it teaches you to trust your system, your body, who you are and how you make decisions. And it's super empowering because now I feel like there is nothing that will come to me that I won't be able to navigate or meet in a way that I know will will serve me or work for me using this template basically. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Learning how to trust yourself and all the subtle signals and cues that you receive from the body on a momentary basis. Um, this should be a class at school. I, I feel like kids need to know this. <laughs> I uh, you know, I don't it came out of school not even knowing how to do taxes. <laughs> I'll understand a thing about myself. Yeah, but yeah, that's amazing. That's that's a, that's a very important thing to be equipped for whatever life throws at you, and to know how to deal with it in a way that actually helps you work through it. You know, there weren't really any emotional intelligence classes at school. It's mm. like, yeah, we need to reform the whole school system, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, guys. and it's yeah. also like recognizing where you've went wrong. Mm. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah. okay, so if you made a wrong decision or if you acted out a certain way with someone, you can always go back and be like, wait, was I not using my type? Was I 
initiating instead of waiting? Was I responding instead of waiting for the invitation? Mm. Did I um, trust my authority? Was I making the decision with my head instead of my heart? Mm. And then when you go back, you backtrack like that, you realize, oh, well, of course that didn't work out because I wasn't following my strategy and my authority in that instance. And even now I still do that. Sometimes I would emotionally react and then make a decision. And I'm like, girl no wonder that was not appropriate because you just went out of your alignment you were just like not present enough in your body to be responding to whatever it was in a way that served your energy yeah that's been a huge one for me as well the whole don't make a decision from an emotional wave wait to regulate and then revisit the situation that's been huge for me um yeah what what i think is really really powerful it's it's learning because there's so much in our world that's pulling our attention away from us and out into everything else this is about bringing it's, it's a big principle of mine bringing everything back to yourself how is everything i'm experiencing reflective of where i am at reflective of how I relate to my world. It's exactly that. It's learning how to synthesize your energy with the energy of everything around you in the most fluid and harmonious way possible so that you just glide through life. And it's obviously not that easy, but we're learning. Mm, It's like self-mastery, right? And it's it's like a whole dance. It's like, and it's the funnest for me anyway, form of self-mastery because you're only getting to know yourself. Yes. You know, and it's like, oh, I already know these things about myself. I just <laughs> got to learn how to use it correctly. Yeah. yeah. Really is a powerful self-awareness tool. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Mm. I've thought to myself before that I want to buy readings for people as gifts. Mm. And then I looked into my design and I was like, no, Jesse, you have to wait for the invitation. You can't tell someone to do something. I'm going to stop you there. Please. The beauty of being a projector is, yes, we have to wait for the invitation but we can also give out invitations. Really? Yeah. That's that's the, that's the great great. Can you elaborate? Thing. I'm I'm curious. Okay. So, for example, obviously if there is an event on and a group of your friends are going and you didn't get an invite, you're not going to self-invite yourself, right? But you can invite other people into like um to this event. Like if there was something you can invite others in and that's the best thing about like, that's one of the things that I've been like super open to now. I just invite people and I like, come to this party. We're going to come to this. I was doing that today. Yeah. Do you guys notice that? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, can't, like I want to invite you to yeah. this. And that's the language that I love using for a lot of my um, marketing, so whatever you call it. I'm like, this is your invitation. Because... Mm. Yeah, sure. Don't invite me. I don't care. But like, let me invite you. And then you're not imposing your energy onto anybody. You're not bombarding them with your whatever it is, your life philosophies or your wisdom. You're just saying, hey, here's the invitation. But it's not like it's up to you. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Jesse's going to. I'm going to try that one on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're as intrigued as I was by the realm of human design and its multifaceted nature, and you would like to look at your own design, you better contact Jen Trin because she knows what's up and she will guide you into yourself. <laughs> that sounds really crazy, but uh, it's exactly what it is. She will take you into a place where you understand yourself better um, using this amazing self-awareness tool. Jen, where can we find you? How do we get hold of you? How do we connect with you? Yeah, two ways. So my website is www.jentrinh.co 
or the same handle for Instagram, gentrin.co and just reach out. Super simple. That's awesome. I could not recommend a reading from Jen enough. And she has told me that I can now gift people readings because it's in my design to be able to gift people things um, in terms of things that will be self-awareness improvements for them. I understood previously that was different, but now that I know that it's there, um, I've got a lot of people to send you away. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen, for sharing your wisdom and expertise with the Cosmic Conduits world. Um, And now, listeners, we are going to go have some more off-air cosmic conversations that are none of your business. None of it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, you guys. I appreciate it. (laughs) You're so welcome. It's been amazing having you on. 